Seems to me it's just hard to believe that the year has gone by that quickly. And Christmas two weeks away. Wow. Well, listen, we want to uh, jump right in tonight to uh, our study on spiritual warfare. And uh, tonight, uh, as far as our little group questions go, I've got something a little different for you. Um, uh, something providential is interesting this week, guys. I get I look at several different blogs throughout the week. Just uh, scan them. I don't. I'm not a, an avid blog reader, but if something in the title catches my interest, then I'll I'll read it. Otherwise, I just usually dump them. But it just so happened that the Gospel Coalition sent out a blog this week that uh, dealt directly with this issue of spiritual warfare. So because that's on my mind, it caught my attention and I read it, and I thought it was good enough to uh, to make some copies for you guys to include as part of our group um, work today. So for the two, I really just have two things for the group questions for you. Um, And uh, Josh will pop that up there for us in just a second. But the first one is I want you to just read this blog. Um, And let me just give you a a brief uh, context for what this is. It's written by uh, the wife. uh, uh, There's a couple that were missionaries in Berlin, Germany. And this is the wife who has written the blog. And it deals with the spiritual warfare that they dealt with on the mission field when they were in in Berlin, Germany. Um, now, let me just say that the, 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 the particular manifestation of the battle that you will read in their life is probably not the typical manifestation in your life or mine. However, I think um, that what you'll notice as you read through it, and this is what I want you to look for, I want you to look for it as, as you read her story and what they encountered. Where do you see uh, uh, signs of the things we've been talking about in here and how it relates in general to spiritual warfare? Because what I want you to see in this is that it doesn't matter what, how the warfare manifests in your particular experience, whether it's just uh, uh, battling with discouragement and depression or fear and these things in your mind, or whether it's dealing with, with phenomenon that seem more mystical, if you will, than that. Um, the principles are the same. Our responses really are the same. And so this is what I want you to see. I want you to read this, this article and pick out things that we've talked about and how it, re- how it related particularly to them. And, uh, and then anything else that stands out to you that would be instructive to us from how they navigated uh, this in their life. Okay, so I want you to, to read that. And then the second one is um, just look at these last these few passages and, uh, and just kind of meditate on those truths and, and think about the issue of peace. One of the things that I think happens to us when we're dealing with spiritual warfare is we can, um, we, we can get flustered and upset and worked up and we lose peace. And one of the pieces of armor that we'll talk about involve peace and how we can maintain that and strive for that in the midst of, of uh, particularly strong spiritual battles. So I want you to just look at these texts and, and just quickly think through how would this help me navigate in the area of peace when the battle is particularly strong. Does that make sense? All right, well, let me give these out to you and uh, you guys can get rolling, okay? Can I get, Steve, would you help me? All right. All um, right. So I'll roll on here with a little bit of discussion. So uh, the uh, first <clears throat> the first question had you um, read this blog article and then uh, just interact a little bit with with how it uh, relates to some things we've been talking about or how you see some of those principles illustrated in that uh, testimony and uh, what stands out to you about the spiritual battle and our place in it from the article. So just uh, just to jump out with any answers to either of that. What did you guys what, were your, what was your take on the article, and does it illustrate anything we've been talking about, and um, anything helpful there for us to, um, to to glean from that? To me, it tells me that the Lord, I mean, that the devil would get something to you 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a dangerous battle. We have a dangerous enemy, for sure. That's noticeable in the article, right? Sure. Okay, so what seemed to be the what seemed to be the um the goal of the enemy attack in this particular scenario? What's that? Okay, to break them at the weakest link in order to get them to do what? Oh, to get, give up and get out of town, right? Okay, that seems to be the end game. Um, okay, and, and certainly some very, um, um, some very um, uh, disturbing tactics being used and employed. Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yep. All right. So do you think, let me ask you this. You put yourself in their shoes. Would it have been easy to just say, hey, let's get out of this place and get out of here. This is not worth it. It would be easy to give up on that battle and just move on. You could, would, would, you, would you fault them? These were missionaries that you sent and they came back home from with that kind of story. Would you fault them? Maybe not. Okay. Sure. All right, and so which we'll talk about some tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so enter, entering some confusion into the thought process to um, to try and mix up the, the picture and make it hard to discern what God's will is. Certainly a Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Now, this is an extreme sort of a, of an uh, of an example in the sense of it, it's more mystical than the typical warfare that we face in our context, um, and and certainly more um, more evidently demonic, at least on the surface of it. No less, no more deadly, just different. And I think the context somewhat dictates that as well. Um, but you're right. But you're right. Um, it is. It's much more subtle normally. Okay. What, what did we notice about how this family responded to the in the battle? What? Okay. What? Let's 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 run through some options that they had. What what options did they have? Okay. Leave. That's one option. It's not worth it. We're going to get out of here. We've got a child, and you know you you could think of a lot of reasons why that would be a legitimate you know reason to to respond. In a certain way. What other options do they have? We can. What's that? Okay, call local authorities and see if they could help. Likely not. Okay. Okay. 
All right. So they could uh, they could become very internal with this issue and let this this warfare dominate their lives. That would have been an option. Um, what option do they choose? Okay, prayer. Okay, they called in some support from some other believers to pray with them. Okay, did they go chasing the demons around? Trying to exercise them from the house or the family or anything like that? No, they prayed. They enlisted others to pray with them. And what else did you notice about them? Probably the most important thing. They continued the work. They continued the work. And they continued the work in the, in the midst of the battle. And, um, and what did they see in response to that? God gave them this, uh, this really, I think, helpful opportunity to see what? That he was responding, right? That he was responding in the midst of the battle and helping them. And helping them. Um, so, um, any, well, we're going to move on. But any other thoughts or, or comments from the article or from their experience? Anything that we could relate to? Okay. All right. The second one. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Romans 8, 28. And Philippians 4, 13. Um, how do these things help us in the area of peace? When the battle's raging. Okay. That somehow our peace is rooted in trusting the Lord. Okay. Did you guys, John, did I see a hand over there? That's great insight. These passages are, they're, they're permanent and they're, and they're, um, they're static. They're not moving and changing. And what happens when we're in battle is our circumstances are usually raging and blowing and things are changing and moving, creating all sorts of uncertainty and angst and anxiety in us. And those things can really quickly become things that dominate our, our thinking, right, and our emotions and our behavior. Um, and so when we, when we, in the midst of that, these blowing circumstances, we can run to these static truths that, that never change. And they give us a place to anchor ourselves, right? When the winds are blowing. And, and they become for us a, a, a rock that, that can provide some peace for us in the middle. Um, so we'll talk about peace some more. Well, good. Thanks for uh, taking a few moments and, and interacting on, on, um, on some of those things. I want to, uh, turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll just start into this a little bit tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. And, um, uh, and then, uh, when we get back together next year, that sounds great, doesn't it? Next year. Um, when we get back together next year, we'll uh, we'll uh, pick up here and, and continue a little bit. But uh, let me just read to you this whole passage out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse, uh, verses 10 and following. It's a familiar passage that relates to the issue of uh, spiritual battle and warfare. Uh, looks like somebody's got some going on right now. Um, well, should we all pray for Matt or Tallulah? Which one? I don't know. Um, maybe both. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Let me just read the passage to you. You're, you're probably vaguely at least familiar with this. Uh, Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God uh, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given the gospel of peace, given by the gospel of peace. 
In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that my words may be given, and so on and so forth. Um, Paul continues to speak a little more personally at the end there. So, uh, the whole armor of God, this passage, uh, an interesting passage for us, and we'll start to explore it a little bit. The, the, the issue becomes, um, as we've talked a lot about the spiritual battles that rage, we know that, they're, that the, the battle rages in the mind, that, that the, the enemy attacks in the realm of the mind, uh, different sorts of ways. It deals with thoughts. And so we're talking about a battle that isn't a physical battle. We're not fisticuffs with somebody else. We're dealing with a, a battle that... that resonates in the mind and in our thoughts so so the question becomes then how do we prepare for that battle and how do we defend ourselves in the midst of that battle and uh, for their early believers in the area of Ephesus where Paul is writing this particular passage that we're reading uh, he he instructs them on how to prepare and how to defend in this battle and he he instructs them as you saw there to put on the the full armor of God and he he paints this this really uh, easy to, to, to imagine picture right of a of a Roman soldier going into battle, and he, he, um, he likens the spiritual battle to a physical battle and a, and a soldier going into that battle. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, any, any right-minded soldier going onto a battlefield is going to be prepared for the battle, right? He's going to have, um, he's going to have some, some armaments on him to help him in that. I mean, what kind of fool would go in the middle of a battlefield, you know, like, like we're dressed tonight? Um, what would happen to that person on a battlefield? He'd be, he'd be dead instantly. Um, you know, any right-minded soldier walking into a battle goes in prepared. And, and just the visible picture of a soldier in his armor uh, was, was something that his, Paul's readers and his listeners would have clearly understood. They would have understood a soldier with a breastplate and a helmet and a belt and a sword and a shield. Those were, those were indispensable items in the battle. You would die without them. And so Paul is telling us here, he's telling us, you know, the spiritual battle is the same. It's not physical. It's spiritual. Um, but in the same sense, we have to put on some armor. We have to put on some things to ready ourselves for this battle. And if we choose not to, if we choose to enter the battle unprepared, we, we should expect nothing but what? Defeat. That's what we're going to get. And so Paul uses this great illustration to, and he uses these pieces of the Roman soldier's armor uh, to, to liken them to spiritual armor that we put on to fight the battle. And so Christians should wear the right kind of armor is what Paul is saying and um, and it's helpful to think, even as we're thinking in these wartime terms, back to the very beginning of our series, um, we, we made the case that that we are are unable in and of ourselves to fight the spiritual battle. God is the one who fights the battle for us and on our behalf. Do you remember that? We talked about this. God is the warrior. He fights the battle for us. We're in the battle, but God is the one who fights it. You know, if you think back to David and Goliath, um, this was a concept that David understood. Do you remember the story, David and Goliath? You know, clearly a, a physical battle. And in chapter, four, uh, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, verse 47, David is talking about this. And, and, uh, and, and here's what he says. He says, look, I'm, he's going into this battle. And he says what about the battle? It's the Lord's battle. And, and, and he will give you into our hand. He talks about that. And he talks about, you know, people are going to see today that, that uh, this is not a, a battle that, that deals with, uh, that you win with, with swords and spears, but it's the Lord's battle, and he's going to fight it on our behalf. And just as the Lord fought on behalf of David, 
although David had some responsibility in the matter, the Lord fights on our behalf, although we have responsibility in the matter. And that's kind of what Paul is, as we talk about this armor, we need to think in those terms. We need to think in terms of David and Goliath. We're going into the battle uh, against giants, and in a real sense, it's the Lord who fights the battle for us, but we have responsibility in that battle, so to speak, as well. So keep that in your mind. Um, Ephesians 6, the passage we just read, uh, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Um, did you notice whose armor it is that we're putting on? Yeah, it's the full armor of God. It's, it's his armor that, that he gifts to us to, to put on. And that, that is an indication to us here that it's his armor, it's his battle. He fights on our behalf. Our responsibility is to put on the armor and engage and the only way we win is when we put on his armor. So that's the, the backdrop to all this. Um, and you saw these, these uh, pieces of armor that he mentions here. Uh, and, and so uh, this, this reminds us that as we go into the battle, we're talking about the armor of God. We're talking about God fighting on our behalf. The focus of the battle, at least from our perspective, is not to be on the enemy. It's not to be on the, the particular manifestations of what's going on. Our focus must remain on whom? On God. This is critical in the battle. You saw this in the, the blog article that you, wrote, that you read, right? This was one thing that these folks did really well. Um, in the midst of all that was going on, frightening things, in fact, they were able to maintain a focus where? On the Lord. And on the Lord fighting the battle on their behalf. And that, that was part of the key to their navigating this thing as well as they did. And it will be key for us as well as we navigate that. Um, we haven't studied much of Ephesians uh, lately, so just a, a general idea, the outline of the book of Ephesians. In the, the first three chapters, Paul lays out kind of the theological, uh, a theological foundation about spiritual victory and that we can win the spiritual victory because we are in Christ. And then the final uh, uh, three chapters of Ephesians focuses on practical living. The idea that because we've been saved, we have the victory. Nevertheless, we still have a responsibility, even though we already are victors, to engage the battle and to live out our faith in our personal lives and in our families and in our church life and in our homes and everywhere else. And so um, this idea that we're victors, but we must live out our victory. We must live out our faith in practical sorts of ways um, is, is the balance of Ephesians here. And, and this is where the rub comes in because it's, it's not the, the believing part that I think really challenges us, right? It's that living out part. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you last week that I was um, dealing with a friend of mine um, that was struggling in a battle right now. And, and his struggle was not in believing the truths that the Bible laid out. He believes those things. His struggle was living that, was, was taking those things that he believed and, and applying them and living them in the middle of the battle. That, would you agree with me that that's where the, where the hard part is, where the, the really challenging is? It's not just the believing. And I think sometimes... Um, when we're, when, when we're studying and we're, we're learning the Word of God, it's, the, the easy part is, 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 is receiving it and believing it in our minds. But what really becomes a challenge is putting it into practice. And if we haven't thought through that some, um, when the winds are not blowing in the battle, um, it becomes really challenging when the winds start to blow to try and figure it out then. And I think that's where we, where we wrestle a good bit. And so we have an enemy who uh, every day comes at us and he's trying to weaken our faith. And the only way that we can fight these battles is to, um, is to put on this armor. That's what Paul is going to be talking about here in Ephesians. And, uh, and you'll notice that the armor, it's God's armor 
But but he doesn't he doesn't put it on for us, right? He doesn't auto it doesn't you know it's not like the uh, transformers or something where it automatically just pops on in the morning. Um, he's instructing these believers to do what? He's telling them, put it on, put on the armor. It's God's armor, but you have to put it on. You have to you have to engage in this area. Um, and so believers had to decide to wear the armor. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll navigate that uh, a little bit. But just let me just say this. The idea of putting on the armor, it, it really takes us to the idea that, that fighting the battle involves daily living. It's just daily living in truth and daily living in righteousness and daily living in faith. That's what he's talking about here, this illustration of putting on the armor. It's living, living daily our faith and living daily our righteousness and living daily our peace. Um, so this whole idea of putting on the armor talks about not what we believe so much as how we live and what we're experiencing and what we're actually doing with our, 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 the things that we believe, if that makes some sense. So the issue of, of wearing the armor of God is not, uh, this is not, Paul's not going to instruct us here in something that you can just do as a band-aid quick fix to any circumstance. He's going to be talking to us about how do we live every day in the thick of the battle, even when it rages on and on for long seasons of time. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a season in your life when you felt like you were engaged in some, some a spiritual battle that didn't go away quickly? It wasn't a week or a month or six months that was maybe a year or longer, maybe years. Have you ever sensed that? And, um, and you know, what you find is as, as time goes on, what happens? Does the battle become easier or harder? Yeah, for some it's easier and for some it's harder. I suppose it depends on your battle and how you navigate those early moments of it. Um, but, uh, but the challenge, I think, is, is continuing to live out our faith as the battle rages and continuing to put into practice things like peace and faith and righteousness and holy living, all of these things that we're talking about. Because we have an enemy who's seeking to, 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 to do what? Okay, kill, steal, destroy, um, I think we could summarize all that by saying to, to take us out of the fight, to take us out of the work of the kingdom of God, to discourage us, to frighten us, to use whatever tactic that he needs to use to get us out of the fight, right? To get us out of the battle and to render us useless for the kingdom of God. Could we say it that way? I mean, that illustration of the story that you read from this missionary couple is a great illustration. The goal of the attack was not, was not hard to figure out. The goal of the attack was to get them to shut down the work of the kingdom that they were involved in. They were shining lights of Christ in a very dark place, a place where there was a, a strong demonic spiritual stronghold. And, and this enemy attack was all geared toward getting them to shut down the work and to quit, whether by discouragement or fear or whatever motivation, to get them out of the battle. And that's the same thing with you and me. We're not missionaries in Berlin, but you know what? You're, you're, you're somewhere shining your light in the midst of darkness. I hope if you're a believer, that's the aim of your life. Uh, whether it be in your work or in your family or wherever you might be, to be a light for Christ there. And so these attacks come, and the goal is to, to discourage us, to frighten us, to, to use whatever tactic to, to marginalize us, to sideline us, to get us out of the work of the kingdom of God. And so the enemy comes at us with that purpose. And so that is part of what it is, and it becomes very difficult. The challenge is when, when those attacks come, the challenge is to how do I live righteously? How do I stay in the battle? How do I continue to serve the Lord and be a light for Him even when the battle's raging? And that's what this passage is. This is what Paul is answering for the Ephesians. This is what he's answering for us because they were facing it and you and I will face it. And he's saying you have, there are things you have to do. You have to put on the armor and it involves your daily living. And uh, if you don't do it, you won't 
You're not going to win. You're not going to win. You're going to be defeated, and you will be marginalized. And, you know, I know people right now, and you probably know people in your life and sphere of influence who at one point in their life were effective, um, effective people as far as the work of the kingdom goes, and today they're not because some sort of battle took place in their life, some sort of spiritual battle, and, and, they, and they went down. You know, one of the words that you noticed in that passage in Ephesians that we saw was the word stand. Did you catch how many times Paul said stand? Did you catch that? We'll talk about it when we get to the shoes. But um, uh, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or stand. That's in verse 13. Then verse 14 talks about stand therefore, having fastened, so on and so forth. Um, uh, then you go down a few verses and... Uh, he says, you know, that you might be able to stand, and stand pops up like four times in there. Why, why is that a helpful illustration? Think in terms of a Roman battle. What happens if, if you're not standing, where are you? You're down on the battlefield. And if you're down on the battlefield, is that a good place to be or a bad place to be? It's a really bad place to be. Hard to fight laying on your back on the ground um, against an enemy who's standing over you. Uh, it's, it's a It's a... An image of defeat, of going down. And Paul is saying in this passage, you put on this armor so that you might be able to stand, so that when the battle comes, you're still standing and you can keep standing. The idea is so that you're not knocked out of the fight, so that you can remain. When all else fails, it, when everyone else fails, that you're still standing. And if you're a Roman soldier in a battle, when the battle is over, you want to be one of the ones at the end who's standing, right? Because if you're not, you're dead probably. Um, so this is a vivid illustration, and this is what it's helpful for us to understand in this concept of biblical, biblical spiritual warfare. The enemy's goal is, at the end of the day, for you not to be standing. Do you see that? It's to take you out, knock you down. And, and God's his armor is supplied so that, as the battle is raging, you might be able to stand. And if you put it on, you will. That's the, the image here. You know, and I know people right now who, uh, who were in the battle and they, and they ended up not standing. And they're marginalized for, for the kingdom of God right now. Um, and so Paul would, would not have that be us. So he's telling us, put on the full armor of God so that at the end of it, you can stand. You can stand. Um, you know what I'm going to do? Um, it's, it's right at, it's right at uh, uh, 7.30 and. I would normally at this point start into these pieces of armor, but let's not do that if that's okay with you uh, because uh, we're going to be disjointed by three weeks and uh, you're going to forget what the uh, belt and the breastplate are about if we do that tonight. So let's just do all of those pieces of armor at our next gathering. Is that reasonable for you guys? Um, So think in terms of this, um, and I think maybe this is helpful. This imagery of, of, of Roman soldier and warfare and standing and falling down. The enemy's goal is for you to be at the end of the battle down. And God's goal in your life is that you be able to stand. Whatever's going to happen in the next three weeks in your life, probably you're going to face some kind of spiritual battle. It may be, uh, may be small spiritual battles over the holidays uh, with, with the little kinds of things, the little nuisance kinds of battles that, um, that can often be just as effective in marginalizing our witness as the major ones can. Um, but think in terms of these, week, these weeks as, as you sense that in your mind the battle is starting to rage. Think in terms, okay, this is spiritual warfare. I have an enemy, and his goal in my life is that I not be standing at the end of this. But I have a, I have a great defender in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate victor. 
And He's provided for me a means by which I can stand. No matter how hard the battle rages, no matter what the enemy throws at my life, Christ has equipped me with everything I need to be able to stand. So I need to turn to Him. And I need to focus on Him. And I need to not focus on whatever the enemy is bringing my way. I've told you about a friend. I have another friend who's in the middle of a a very serious battle. And this is where he is struggling right now. Because the battle has been so intense in his life. And it has come from so many different angles. And it's been so painful. And it's gone on for so long. Um, What I've noticed in my conversations with him is the battle has consumed his thoughts. And has pushed God out of the picture. Not in the sense of completely where he's abandoned the Lord. He knows that God is there. But he's so consumed with focusing on the pain and the problems and the challenges that he can't see the practical help of God in the middle of it. And so I, I say that to you um, as a warning shot. In these next weeks as you're facing things in your work or at your home or with your family over the holidays, boy, you know, these family gatherings can be an awful great seedbed for, <laughs> for spiritual warfare sometimes. Um, think in terms of this. God is my defender. He's provided me everything I need to stand. The enemy wants to see me on my back down in the battle. I've got to focus on the Lord. Help me to focus on Him and His Word in the middle of the battle so that I might be able to stand at the end and not get consumed with the winds that are blowing. You remember another illustration of this Peter. Jesus, Peter. Remember Peter walking on the water out of the boat? Jesus, you know, Jesus Call me so that I can come to you. And Jesus says, come on. This is the Greg translation. Come on. That's the southern translation. Get on over here. Um, but Peter steps out of the boat and he, what? What happens? Miraculously, yeah, the only guy that we know of, apart from Christ, who ever walked on top of water. And, um, and, and he does this for some, for some distance until, until his eyes move from the Lord to where? The waves and the wind and, you know, it dawns on him what he's actually doing. When his focus is removed, what happens? He sinks. It's the same illustration, isn't it? It's the same illustration Paul is giving us here with the warfare and the standing and the falling. Our focus must be on Christ in the middle of the battle. Satan will do, and his emissaries will do everything he can to get your eyes off Christ. He will get your eyes off Christ. Because he knows if he can get your eyes off of Christ, he can defeat you. He can discourage you. He can frighten you. Um, he can cause you to be anxious. Um, He can depress you, but he knows if you can maintain a focus on the Lord, you can stand, no matter what kind of darts he throws at you. Let's 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 just pray. Let's just pray that for these next weeks, while we're not talking about this subject, that Christ would help us to to set our hearts on Him, so that we might be able to stand. Can we do that, Father? We give thanks for you to you for tonight. We we thank you for your Word. It is so rich and it's so helpful to us. You have not left us unarmed in a battle. Uh, You know very well what we face each and every day. Sometimes in small ways and other times in large ways. And you have have equipped us with everything we need for life and for godliness. Uh, You are more than abundantly aware of the enemy who seeks in our lives to kill, steal, and destroy. To take us out of the battle. To marginalize our testimony. To marginalize us for the work of your kingdom. And you know his tactics better than anyone. And no doubt, in this place tonight, Lord, there are those who are sitting here who, as we're talking about this in their mind, they know. They know this battle because they're in it. And they know what it feels like to feel like you're going under and going down. And you're not going to be able to stand. 
And yet, God, I pray that you would encourage them tonight. Remind them that you are there in the midst of the battle. Even if they can't see your hand at work, even if they can't imagine possibly how things could turn out for good in the end, remind them that you are the ultimate victor. You win this battle, and you've equipped us to win it as well, and to be able to stand. And so I pray for myself and my friends tonight, Lord, as we um, leave from here. Uh, Make us ever aware that there's an enemy who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we begin to sense the waves uh, crashing in our lives and the winds blowing and the battle heating up, remind us of this illustration of the, the armor. Remind us that you would have us to stand and that the enemy would have us to to fall. And help us, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes on you even when we don't understand what's going on. Even when we can't see the good in the end. Even when things make no sense to us. Help us to focus on you and to keep our hearts stayed on you, anchored to you. We pray for your help with this this week, Lord, and in the days ahead. And we pray that at the end of these weeks and ultimately at the end of our lives, we'd be able to look back and say, you know what? With God's help, I was able to stand. We pray for that. In Christ's name, amen.